Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. All right, Ray Fittipaldo going to join us next hour. Steelers Insider live from Indianapolis. 50-minute mark is brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Peters. Uh, Mike Tomlin, one of the few coaches who still goes bananas, goes crazy for the combine, can't get enough of it, and reports out of um, combine workouts today are that he has been very hands-on with the defensive line prospects who are working out. He's Steelers getting into position it. coach, I think, is helping coach the drills, run the drills. Uh, Tomlin apparently just exhorting some of these D linemen. And it's weird, though, because that's a very thin position group this year's class. Just not a – there's really, what, maybe one true first-round pick among the bunch? Maybe two. And the reports on that guy, Byron Murphy from Texas, are that he, from a measurables standpoint with his height and weight and everything – tested off the charts there was bigger and than they expected and has been unbelievably explosive and they think now that he's gone he's going to be like a top 10 or top 15 pick maybe like an Aaron Donald type yeah he's he won't have Aaron Donald's career no one will but just like fits that kind of profile as a player Mm -hmm. so the defensive line thing is interesting because you've got three locked in starters because of what Khan said today. And we'll get to some of Omar Khan here in a second, but he told national reporters at the combine that they cut players like Mason Cole and Mitch Trubisky early. Cause he thought it was fair and the right thing to do with those guys. If they're not going to factor into your future plans, give them a head start on free agency. Yep which makes you think the guys that are on the team at this moment, at this time, do factor into their future. You would think. So Allen Robinson, Patrick Peterson, guys like that, and Cam Hayward. Well, they're not going to cut Cam Hayward, but the matter of how to make his contract fit or work, you just ride it out for the year with him and keep the big cap hit. 
All the Steelers insiders seem to think that's not going to happen. And then Larry Ogunjobi, too, has a massive cap hit and didn't play. Uh, you didn't get your money's worth out of him. So if you draft, well, if, if he's working with these guys, Tomlin, I mean, let's face it, you know, they're probably more day two picks. But then again, like, you only have two day two picks. And if you're not taking the center with the 20th pick, you're probably going to take a center with the, the second yeah. p- round pick. If he's if the guy we all want to be there is there. Yeah. So does that mean pick 95 or whatever ends up being your defensive lineman? And the last time they did that in the third round was DeMarvin Leal, and we've seen how that's played uh, yes. out or turned out. It's worked out swimmingly. Uh, I still can't. He's one of the biggest disappointments and busts on the team, and we don't really talk about him that much because he's not a first-round pick. But what a disaster that that guy wasn't even getting a helmet and a uniform on Sundays late in the year. I gave them the benefit of the doubt. I did. I said there's, you know, I I really think that they are well coached on the D-line by and large. Uh, And I thought they'd take a tweener with great athleticism and figure out what good team and do what good teams do with players like that, which is figure out where they fit the best and then turn them loose. And they have done the opposite. I mean, that guy has just been in football hell and or purgatory. He's given them virtually nothing. I think they feel like the die is already cast on the guy uh, really bad. And they have other needs, you know, beyond defensive line, several of them. But it's one of the biggest ones, and I just I wonder if you're going to get an impact player if you're picking barely inside the top 100 when you actually address that position. I also go back to something you said there about trying to maybe you know, look in the crystal ball and say, well, if they haven't cut an Allen Robinson yet specifically, he must uh, figure into and factor into their plans. Unless their plan is, hello, Allen, this is Omar Khan. You are taking a massive pay cut this year. We're tearing up your deal, and you are just playing for a lot less money. Yep. Keeping him at his current number is malpractice. Yeah, they're not going to do that. So I have to assume that they have some sort of understanding with him that he is going to just do a much cheaper deal that doesn't hit them at all, like cap-wise. It just really is a is a low number. Um, but, man, defensive line, they're in a tough spot, man, because they – they need other things. They need other things on the defense too. And they re- think about some of the stuff they did with that line. You bring in Ogan Joby, and I will admit, I I lauded that move. I thought he was going to stay healthier this year. I thought he was going to be explosive and a difference maker. He had a terrible year. I gave them the benefit of the doubt with Liao for the reasons I just said. I thought they were going to do what good teams do, which is figure the guy out and either say like drop a couple of pounds or put on some weight, and and here's what your job is, mm-hmm. and then. Who can forget this? They traded up in a mid to late round to go get Isaiah Loudermilk because like, and that was, that was seen as they must really like something about this player, right? Yep. They make it a strange sort of decision to trade up. It's one of those, if you're Bill Belichick doing it, at least back in the old days, he must be crazy like a fox. Isaiah Loudermilk barely gets heard from. And in fact, the reason he doesn't get talked about more as a player they clearly coveted who hasn't been good is because Leal is so bad. They have really let a lot of things around Cam Hayward kind of wither on that defensive line through various various forms of, I guess, roster building uh, error and malpractice. I thought that, yeah, they drafted Leal to be Hayward's replacement and that has not come even close to fruition. Uh, cornerbacks talk today, and that began the song and dance of asking these guys if they've met with the Steelers. And the top ones confirmed that they either have or they will, including Cooper DeGene. 
the white corner from Iowa, who broke his leg in November and said he'll start running full speed next week. But he's talked to Mike Tomlin and Tara Lawson a couple times, said Mike DeFabo. Nate Wiggins, the corner from Clemson, said the same thing. He was going to talk to the Steelers. He predicted that he was going to run a 40, a 40 under 4-3. In training, he did a 4-2-7. Speed, speed, speed. That mm-hmm. that's wild. Four two seven. But didn't we go over him as being the guy who's uh, not, not exactly a, ta- a willing tackler? Not really strong in the run game at all. Wasn't that the problem with Emmanuel Forbes last year from Mississippi State? And additionally, the fact that he was like, or no, it was that he was like a buck sixty. And he actually wanted to tackle. Yep. They dodged that bullet there because that guy got benched a bunch of times last year. Uh, got a text here that on our sister station in Chicago. Mm-hmm. where my podcast partner, Danny Parkins, does afternoons. That's 670, the score. That they discussed a hypothetical trade that they heard the Steelers might have offered the Bears for fields okay. today. You have my attention. The 51st pick and a day three pick. But that sounds like the phony trade that we... That the NFL notification. Yeah, do we Twitter. think they got hoodwinked by NF, at NFL Notify? I'm going to have to text them back and ask that. Just say, did you get it from at NFL Notify? That sounds exactly like that. 51st in a day. That sounds exactly like NFL Notify. Yeah, I don't think that's anything like, I don't think that that's real. Uh, one of the things that Jeremy Fowler said to us earlier about the Bears he said he hadn't heard that. He said, I haven't heard anything about the Steelers in on fields. That's one. The other thing, though, that I just, as an aside, find funny, Jeremy still said, well, the, you know, if they decide to trade the uh, Justin Fields and keep the pick, why? I mean, Ryan Poles has to go out there and try to do this song and dance to try to keep teams honest. Does anybody in their right mind believe? I think Florio says he wants them to do it. Other people have said, I think they should do it. Does anyone actually think the Bears will trade the number one overall pick and keep Justin Fields. I don't think so. I don't think one serious observer of football thinks that that is even remotely possible. Uh, Omar Khan speaking with Steelers reporters a little while ago at the combine. Mark Cabali sent this back for us. So we're going to listen to a little bit of it. And uh, when we hear a point or a comment that sticks out to us, we'll stop and react to it. So here he is with Steelers insiders from just a little while ago at the combine. As you guys know, the news about Billy Hillgrove, I uh, have uh, so much respect for uh, Bill Hillgrove. And I'm, when, I, when I started here in 2001, I quickly got to understand and, and know the impact that he has on the community and the team. And, and he, it's been awesome to get to know him through the years. So congratulations to him. And, um, you know, I'm hoping uh, uh, the relationship will continue and we'll come visit uh, very often. So with that, I'll, I'll open up the questions. Omar, as of right now, how would you evaluate your quarterback position, where you might be going with it, and what are the possibilities? Yeah, we have, um, you know, right now we have one quarterback under contract. As you guys know, we're, we're a team that's always kept three, and, and that's probably going to be the, the path that we take. Um, so we have some work to do. We are excited about uh, uh, Kenny and excited about the impact that uh, Arthur Smith's going to have on the offense and on Kenny and Tom Arth also. And, you know, Excited about the process. Have you reached out to Mason yet? What's that? Have you reached out to Mason? Yet? I have. We I've been in communication with his uh, 
with his representative and he knows we want him back. Omar, how did you guys come to the decision to release Mitch? What was kind of what into that and to release him when you guys did? Yeah, so not not only Mitch, but uh, Presley and, and Chooks and, uh, you know, Mason Cole. Once we, we made a decision, we knew that they weren't going to be part of the 2024 plans. You know, th those guys are all really great guys and felt like um, the right thing to do was to give them an opportunity to uh, to, to, to catch on earlier uh, with the team, you know. So that that's really what it was. Omar, after the season, Mike Tomlin said there'd be competition for Kenny. You know, there's different ways you could go. Mm -hmm. What avenues do you plan to pursue to create that competition in the room? Sure. Um, you, you know, there's there's different avenues for us, right? We, the, you know, the, the draft, free agency, the <laughs> trade market. Um, I would say every one of those uh, avenues is uh, is an option for us. Is it a preference to have Mason be a part of the plans? Yeah, I mean, we we uh, we we've told them we want him to be a part of the process. So, is, is there an ideal way you round out that room in terms of veterans, in terms of young guys? You know, what's your vision there? You know, we're we're looking at everything, and um, you know, I have an obligation to this organ to this organization, to the players, to the front office, to every member of the Steeler Nation, to to look at every option and. Um, every way of trying to improve this team and um, we're going to do so how does the increase of the salary cap affect what you do in free agency and in particular with the quarterback position does that affect it uh, i mean i wouldn't say necessarily just the quarterback position obviously went up that's great uh, but the one thing about it going up you know it's relative it, it applies to everyone and you guys uh you guys have known me for a long time you know if there's an opportunity to improve the roster you know we'll, we'll find ways to uh, uh to do things with the cap and there's some flexibility and if we can make things better, we will. If you acquire another quarterback via the draft or free agency. What's that? If you acquire another quarterback, we assume you will. Do you want to make it relative where Kenny is still in the position to be the guy, or do you want him to really have a battle on his hands during well, training? I, I think uh, regardless of uh, what position, not just the quarterback position, you know, you guys have heard me talk about this starting last year when I got this job, was that competition was important to me, and that's no different to the quarterback position. Uh, competition makes us all better. Um, and that's regardless of position. I think that's just in life, regardless of what you do. Were you surprised by how much? Just pause that for a second, Charlie. That's in the, on the quarterback thing. That's complete trash. That you want you want competition there. No, you don't. You want someone who's your guy, who everybody follows, who everybody looks up to, who everybody knows is the player that is going to be the driving force behind you winning games. Like, is Andy Reid saying that in Kansas City? No. It was Belichick, if he did say it in New England, it was just a trite thing to say because he just doesn't like talking to the media and probably just, you know, gave eh, them. He did want competition, though, because he tried to trade uh, Brady and keep Garoppolo, so he might have been a little different. And then Kraft smacked him with the back of his hand. I think it's Omar just parroting Mike's iron sharpens iron bit there a lot. But the iron sharpening irons never applied to quarterback until now. That was ne that was never something that was on the table until they had a question about who their franchise quarterback was. The last time, now I all of a sudden, it's looked at as a good thing or a or or an essential thing. The last time I can remember there being two legit like a a team just throughout NFL history that had a really really high end quarterback and there being an actual competition was Steve Young and Joe Montana. Mm -hmm. Is it, am I missing one in the in the interim here? I don't think I am. Young was on that roster. He was wondering when he'd get his chance. Montana got hurt. He played well. Montana got the job back. There was real actual friction. But, like, if you have a great quarterback, that is the last – I got to go back 30-plus years 
to find a situation where there was actual competition? Uh, the, the, the last answer makes me think that the comp- whenever a competition comes up with Kenny, they don't actually mean it. They just, they just say that, you know, that's what, that's what happens at every position. Guys are fighting for jobs and, you know, no, nothing is given or nothing is handed to them. Everyone's got to like fight for their spot. It doesn't actually make me think that they would ever like conduct a true competition there to determine the quarterback. Everything they've, like, everything they've done with him other than not putting him back in the starting lineup when he was healthy enough to go last year because Rudolph had gotten on a roll suggested they, they have telegraphed every move to be like, Kenny, it's your job. You're the man. Like, nobody's coming here to take your job. You're our guy. They've all, in so many words, said that. Brain trust of this organization. Omar just said it. We believe in Kenny Pickett. Mm -hmm. Art Rooney had criticisms, but ones that he felt like Kenny could, you know, fix, and they want him to be the guy. Every every time they mention competition, I just feel like it's a stapled on quote to just get throw people off the scent that it's just going to be handed to Kenny again. Khan is a GM who I think doesn't want to show his hand really at all. He wants, he wants to make it seem like everything's on the table and they're not going to like leave any stone unturned in that kind of thing, in that kind of thing. But the way he talks about Rudolph is different. Like, he doesn't even couch it with, well, the guy's a free agent and he can do what he wants. He just expresses over and over again that they want him back. You know, like, I, 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 that's, they do that sometimes. Like, that's not a like, new thing. Like, Colbert would do that once in a while. If they had, like, a big-name free agent, he would say, hey, like, we want our number one option, our number one preference, and number one choices. For so-and-so to be back. back. Yeah. But he's saying this about a guy that's been a backup for them his entire career. So what do you read into it? The way he said it, just over and over again. Want him back. It's almost like a it's almost like a public, like, hey, if if you don't think we're serious about, we really like you. Yeah, like we're not we're not faking it this time. We're not just telling you one thing, and then we're gonna do something else. Like, it's almost like. Hey, I know I've lied before, but this time I'm really, really telling the truth. I'm not pinky swear. Yep. I'm not messing with you. I know what you're thinking, that I'm just saying this because it's the polite. or Come po- here, Charlie Brown. Lucy, you're pal Lucy here. I'm putting yeah. that football down, and you're going to kick it this time. Yeah, that's kind of how I hear that. Texas on the Edgar Steiner Associates fan text line. Ray Fittipaldo was there, and he's going to join us next, Steelers Insider. We're live at Studio B, but first to Charlie Headline. All right, let's go back out to Indianapolis where we're joined by Steelers insider from the Post-Gazette, Ray Fittipaldo, who's been at the Combine. Omar Khan spoke today. We just listened back to some of that audio. Ray, Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. You were there. Uh, your biggest takeaway from what the Steelers GM had to say today. I mean, I think I'm like everyone else. I think half the questions that we asked of Omar were about the quarterback situation. So if if you haven't figured out yet that it's going to be Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph, um, at least that's what they would like it to be, then, um, you know, you're probably behind the learning curve a little bit. So um, that's clearly what they want to get done here. We'll see if they're able to make that happen. If, you know, if that doesn't happen um, in a couple of weeks, they'll have to – turn the page and maybe go to plan B there. But, uh, you know, I think it's pretty clear that's that's how they want to construct this quarterback competition going into, into training camp. Well, you say competition there, Ray. Is it really going to be a competition if it's those two, though? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. You know, I you know the shame of it is we're not going to get a chance to, to talk to Arthur Smith probably until after the draft, I'm guessing. You know, we'll get him OTAs or mini camps, you know, so late May, early June. So um, all those questions about, you know, the fits for his offense, you know, what does he look for in a quarterback? Does he have to be mobile? I mean, we can connect the dots and look at Tannehill and Mariota and some of the other guys he's coached, but we don't really know specifically how he feels about a guy like Mason Rudolph or Kenny Pickett for that matter. So um, there's a little bit of guesswork involved there, but uh yeah, like I said, I you know I, I think it's full steam ahead with Kenny and Mason, and you know if they can get that done, that's what we're going to be looking at here, um, you know, in six or eight weeks once they get back to OTAs. So Ray, you think that if Rudolph outplayed Pickett in the preseason, he'd start Week One for them? Yeah, I mean I think they want it to be a competition. Um, you know, oh. I I don't know how it's going to be staged, guys. You know, I don't know if it's going to be every other day, or you know, I don't know if it's going to be the way it was a couple of years ago when, you know, Mitch basically got all the reps and, um, you know, he had to lose the job. Now that didn't come until three and a half games into the middle of the season or into the season, but, you know, that's eventually what happened. But I, you know, I I think guys, they want to find out about Kenny Pickett. They want to give him a chance in the new offense. I don't know if you guys heard that clip today, but, you know, Omar was asked about that. And he said, I think he was paraphrasing his quote here, but he basically said, you know, there were some issues with the offense last year and kind yep. of intimated that, uh, you know, it Kenny's was Matt Canada's play, fault. Yeah. Kenny, Kenny's play will improve with a better OC and, uh, you know, we'll see if that happens. Ray, uh, how then, I guess you would interpret like them saying over and over, we want Mason back. We've told we want Mason back as just they're putting on a pretty hard sales pitch because some of it has been like 
on Mason's end, does this team really want me? Do they think I'm viable? So they're just really laying it on thick. Is that a, a fair assumption then? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, um, you know, I forget the timing of it, but Art talked, what, two weeks after the season ended? Art said he wanted him back. Um, you know, Mike pretty much said that right after the season, and Omar repeated it today. So, um, and Omar said today they've already reached out to to his agent. So that, you know, that ball is already rolling, and we're still two weeks away from, you know, the legal tampering, tampering period here. So I'm sure they have other oars in the water. If that doesn't work out, you know, they'll, they'll have – different plans for a backup if Mason doesn't resign. But, um, you know, Omar also said that, um, you know, it appears that Mason wants to come back and be a part of this. So if that's the case and they can come to an agreeable number, then, you know, I think that's what's going to happen. Ray, it'll be interesting. I think the quarterbacks talk tomorrow. What will you read into uh, them meeting with quarterbacks, especially if it's guys that might have first-round grades on them like J.J. McCarthy or uh, Bo Nix? Yeah, I mean, you guys have to remember, they also do all these interviews here for four years down the road when these guys become free agents, too. So I wouldn't read too much into that. Um, You know, I mean, I was at the cornerbacks today. I mean, they talked every cornerback podium I went through. They basically talked to every one of them. So um, it's probably a little bit different. You know, I don't don't think they're going to waste their time and talk to Caleb Williams or Jaden Daniels or – or Drake mm-hmm. may, but I, I would expect them to do their due diligence on those second and third tier guys. And, you know, let's face it. If some of those second, th- second and third tier guys fall to the third or fourth round, I think some of those guys might be in play, um, you know, for a guy they might want to develop too. What's the percentage likelihood that at some point in the draft, they do pick a quarterback, Ray. Um, I don't know, 25%, something like that. I think oh, so so not like a day three guy who's a project. So you don't even think that's necessarily likely that somebody in the fourth, fifth, sixth, that kind of player is, is necessarily a likely thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a possibility, but in the, if so many other needs they have to address, I mean, there could be trade ups, trade downs. You just never know how that's going to go. The guy they want could be off the board by the fourth round. So, you know, it could be closer to 50, but I'll, I'll say 25 right now. What do you read into Omar Khan's very non-committal answer about Najee Harris and his fifth-year option, right? Yeah, I think maybe just keeping his cards close to his vest there. Um, and I, you know, I don't know why. It seems like a no-brainer to me. But uh, the one thing I did find interesting today, and I know Arthur Smith isn't going to dictate roster decisions, but Omar said they've been talking and, you know, Arthur has – He's going to have his preference on the types of players that fit into his offense. So don't necessarily read into that with Najee, but you know, that could, that could come into play with offensive linemen. That could have been a reason why Mason Cole was cut. Um, you know, so things along that line. So, you know, we have to see how, how good of a fit he's going to be in Arthur's offense. Um, I would assume it'd be a good fit. I mean, he's, he's kind of like Derrick Henry light, right? I mean, he's kind of that type of a back. So, not sure why he was noncommittal, but uh, I, I still fully expect them to pick up that option on May 2nd. Or so should, if Arthur's going to have at least some influence, they're going to get the kind of players he wants, should we just already start buying Jonu Smith Steelers jerseys then, Ray? <laughs> I think that's a possibility. I mean, he's, he's been pretty much everywhere Arthur's been, and um, I wouldn't be surprised at that. Obviously, he signed for a nice chunk of change when he went to uh, the Patriots. 
Um, I don't know what he would command now in free agency, but if, if the number's right, um, I, I think that guy's a really good player. And I think, unfortunately, that might be bad news for Connor Hayward, but um, I don't know. You know, Connor's a very good special teams player. Maybe he can – maybe there's another avenue for him to, to make it if John o. Smith does come here. But, uh, yeah, I think John o. Smith uh, could be a good option for the Steelers. Ray, as far as the scouting combine goes from, like, the, the reason why they're there, the draft, and the Steelers' 20th pick, just based on yeah. what you've heard and what you've seen, like, where would you lean right now with that 20th pick in terms of the type of player, the type of position that's probably most likely? I'm still center, right tackle, or cornerback. And um, you guys heard his answer today when he was on the podium about Broderick Smith, correct? Broderick, Broderick Jones? Jones, yeah, that'll eventually Broderick move back Broderick to left tackle. Yeah, so that I mean that's a like Mike Tomlin was non-committal on that just a few weeks ago, but I thought that was a little bit more forceful. Like I, after Omar said that, I can't really see them playing Broderick on the right side again. So, you know, is a right tackle at number twenty more in play now? Um, you know, could Dan Moore move over to the right side? Is, is Spencer Anderson? involved in that but uh, yeah I, I think right tackling at number 20 is is more in play now than ever but don't discount center don't discount corner either I, I think they're gonna take the highest graded player on their board when it comes time at one of those three positions Ray is it true that Tomlin was practically foaming at the mouth and really getting into it in these defensive line uh, workouts today that he was watching intently and, and just paying very close attention we had little tipsters saying that on TV Tomlin looked very engaged with that position group well I didn't because we had Omar this afternoon I, I didn't have a chance to, to, to get into the stadium to watch any of that but I'll tell you if it was anything like the senior bowl he was up in there he was very interested and and how those guys were going to perform. And um, it's going to be the same way on Sunday. I think Sunday is when the offensive linemen work out. It'll be the same way with them. He's always very deep into those drills, both uh, offensive and defensive lines. Do they look at then the defensive line? Cause it's kind of thin with first round prospects this year, Ray, do they look at it as they're just trying to find guys and maybe the, the second or third yeah. day that they think can fill in? And how, how big of an issue is the way they've tried to, to backfill after Cam Hayward at that spot or that area of the field? Yeah, did you guys see all that fist ran today? I mean, he ran like a 4.78. He, he was faster than Mahomes. They did a, yeah. they, they put those two guys next to each other. Jeremiah already, you know, put him in his top 50. I mean, that, that guy, uh, I don't know if he'd be there in the middle of the second round. But, again, you know, we're looking at probably more three techniques, interior defensive linemen in this draft more so than the, the five technique defensive end types. Um, but this would be intriguing, you know. Um, I don't know if Jerzon Newton falls. I don't think he's going to fall into the second round, but they definitely have to get some more bodies in there. I know we, we talk about it almost every week, but Ogunjobi being 30 and Cam being 35, and, you know, Omar saying today they got to be careful with his reps. It just seems like they're going to throw more numbers at that position and maybe be maybe try to be a little deeper this year and, have a little bit more of a, a sound rotation with guys coming in in and out of those games. Ray, what did Khan say about inside linebacker, and how did how did that make you feel about what they do at that position this offseason? Yeah, I mean, I, they, they got to go out and get one in the draft for free agency. When, when he said, you know, they're optimistic, he's going to be back, but at some point, but Holcomb, we don't know mean, when. 
Yeah, I mean, that, with Holcomb, I mean, that could be October, that could be November, that could be December. I mean, that was a gruesome injury. So, um, you know, free agency maybe, yeah, I, I think they could try to fill it there. But, um, you know, there's some decent options. I read about the inside linebackers yesterday. Maybe they get a guy second, third round, Jeremiah Trotter Jr., Peyton Wilson, somebody like that. They don't need another run-stopping inside linebacker. They already got Roberts Roberts, um, and Mark Robinson. They need a guy who can run and cover. So if they're going to draft that guy, they probably have to get him like in the second round or so. And you don't think there's any worry that they fall in love yet again with the guy who's highest rated at that position and take him at 20. That would be Edrin Cooper from A&M. You don't think we have to concern yeah. ourselves with another first-round pursuit there, Ray? But I could be wrong, guys. I don't know what you think, but it's not like the Devin White, Devin Bush thing a couple of years ago where where those guys were like solid first-round picks. You knew they were going to go in the first round. Like, I see Edrin Cooper – like late first round, but I also see him second round. And I, I see other guys who are highly rated depend, depending on, you know, which draft words and which analysts you want to listen to. So um, that's pretty muddled to me right now. I don't think there's, there is one guy who's, who's definitely going to be that guy in the first round. I, I think all those guys, whether it's late first, second, maybe early third, I think it's, it's kind of jumbled there. And I, I don't think they would draft or need at number 20 this year and just, just take the best guy. Ray, Ray, for the record, I'm an inside linebacker extremist, and I don't think anybody should be taking these guys in the first round unless it's like a, an yeah. all-time, guaranteed, 10-time All-Pro. Yeah. He's going to go put on a gold jacket five years after he's done. Like, I, I'm just off that train completely. I agree with you. I think probably the best route is to go out and get a young free agent, a guy who's like 26, 27 years old. You know he can play, kind of like Holcomb. You don't and think just, they'd open up the pay the, the paycheck for our the, queen the checkbook for queen? Do you? Yeah, I mean, what's that going to cost? Though? Like fifteen, eighteen million? I mean, they, no, thank you. They're they're going to have money to do it. Um, he was a second team all pro, guys. I you know I know Roquan Smith is the much better player, but he didn't make second team all pro. Um, Ray, you know what I worry about with Queen, though? I was reading a piece about him, and I know Roquan made him better. He reminds me of off-ball Bud Dupree. Where when you bring in a clearly yeah. superior player, suddenly right. here's Patrick Queen thriving, right. but when he didn't have Roquan Smith, he looked like a bust. Yeah. Um, it's That inside linebacker position is just it's so tricky. I mean, you've got to be able to run with tight ends and running backs, and you've got to be able to stick your nose in there like you're, you're 6'2", 250, like the old-style guys, too. So it's it's a brutal position to play, and um, you know the Steelers have found that out. It's hard to project those guys. That's why I think you just look at the guys who can play in the NFL. Those guys prove it. Go out and sign them in free agency. That's that's what I would do, at least. Ray Fittipaldo, live from the Combine. Check him out in the Post-Gazette. We'll talk next week. Thanks, Ray. All right, guys. Have a good weekend. Follow us on Twitter, brought to you by South Hill Ski and Peters Township. Very quick timeout, and we're back with the topic you picked. You selected our 5.30 segment. The Total Request Thursday segment is on the other side. But first, a Charlie headline. Donnie's Dog Pick of the Day is brought to you by Farmer's Dog. Fresh human-grade dog food delivered right to your door. Let's get to the topic that you have demanded, have asked for us to discuss. You had four options. Cheating spouses. Mm. College playoff expansion. Bill Hillgrove. Paul Skeens. I mean, I'm assuming that cheating spouses won because that seems to be the, the direction that this total request Thursday has taken. 
31 percent wanted cheating spouses <laughs> seems like a winner nope what paul skeens what 41.7 percent oh not even close either mm-hmm. i can bet which one came in last college playoff expansion seven and a half would they you say want that- a serious discussion about going from 12 to 14 teams don't you kind of want to know who the people are who voted for college playoff expansion like they listen to our show Who's hardcore out- sports fans they want meat and potato sports well we could talk about bill hillgrove and that would be meat and potato sports then, then again paul Skeens is that too right really the only thing that's not meat and potato sports is cheating spouses and it didn't get it done today oh well maybe next time Skeens made his major league spring training debut. You can go to our podcast page and listen to our conversation with Skeens on his one star. And he sounded, I thought, a little bit disgruntled that it was only one inning, that he wanted more, which is right in line with, I think, what he wanted when he got drafted last year. Like, this guy wants to work. He's not one of these pampered athletes so many of these guys, I think now we look at these um, bonus baby uh, major league players that go in the first round or go high in the draft, and they want to be coddled. He's got a military background. He wasn't always viewed as a can't-miss prospect, so he's got, I think, a little bit of the ugly duckling syndrome going, okay. which I love. I love that about it. You know, it's not like a true Tom Brady rags-to-riches story where he's the, where he's a six-round oh, pick. But he exploded onto the scene. He's, yep. A little he, Baker Mayfield about him, if you want to use that. That Air Force before. Um, and so I think he got to the top by having that bulldog mentality and having that work ethic in addition to just having unreal material to work with. I mean, he's throwing over 100 miles per hour like it's nothing today. He, there was also It doesn't fi- look like he's straining at all when he pitches. He's not emptying the bucket. He said he doesn't pitch. throw any pitch at 100%. I know. To us. He just straight up said that, and I feel like he could probably touch 105, even though he claims he can't if he goes all in. Mackey had a video of him, I think, with the media skeins after the game. Mackey never got back to me, by the way. He's busy. He had Blew a video. Right off. He had I said, a, Do you think there's a scenario the Pirates could shut Skeens down in mid to late August because of an innings limit and nothing? Okay, hold that thought for a second. I thought Skeens in the video Mackey posted to support the idea that he probably wanted to keep going in that game. Uh, he just looked a little annoyed. I thought there were a couple of things. There's one other thing from the interview, uh, and I want people to go back and listen to it, that struck me. He is very carefully guarded in what he says. Mm-hmm. He is, you got a, we got a little chuckle out of him here or there with a couple one-liners, but he's a pretty serious dude. And I think he's pretty media savvy too. But I did, he did just talk about the season at large and talk about wanting his body to hold up very carefully, you know, monitors how attuned he is physically to, like, how he feels and everything. And he said, whether it's 150, 160 innings, okay? I circled back to that, like, three minutes later to see if his guard was still down. Uh Uh-uh. No, it wasn't. It was right back up. Yep. I don't know. I haven't even talked about it. I think we got one little slip from him, and I think that is that they have told him across all... (laughs) platforms this year at all levels of baseball they want him to throw between 150 and 160 innings they are careful with their arms he threw about 130 last year i think almost right on the number uh, combined college and pros through very few innings in the minors last year i think that is the answer that is the number he's already been given by the pirates and here's what i would do you say like could they shut him down in august if they bring him up pretty early 
Uh, service time, it's not super two, it's different. He wouldn't accrue a year of service time if they hold him in the minors for two weeks to start the season. It's like mid-April. Basically, you get to tax day, he's good. Mm-hmm. I think their plan is this. He's going to make a, a handful of starts in the minor leagues. I don't know how many handful really is here. Could be an Andre the Giant handful. Could be a, a Kenny Pickett handful. I think in each start, he's not going to pitch that many innings. They're not going to say, we want to see if you can go seven innings and, and really go through the order the third time because I think they just have full confidence in the stuff and the mentality and all that, right? I think they're going to very gradually and with very few overall innings work him up to build him up to be ready in the minors so that they don't cut into the number of innings they've already predetermined for him, and then they're going to put him on the big club. That's my guess. I just wait while you were saying that I went and looked up uh, Garrett Cole, his first year in 2013, 17 innings, but then 68 on top of that at triple a. So a hundred and so that's 78, 88, 185 innings. Okay. So, but he also was a year removed and had done a minor league full minor league slate the previous year in 2012. Cause his first, his draft yep. year was 2011. Yep. So he had had a full build-up year of coming up to the majors. I also don't think that even though he was a 1-1 pick, they saw him as quite as major league ready as they clearly see schemes. Well, after the Pirates drafted him in 2011, he didn't make any minor league appearances. Right. Cole, he he didn't pitch that all that year. Did he pitch fall league that year? If he did, it's not listed on his baseball reference page. How many uh, minor league innings in 2012? 2012, he pitched the entire year at uh, the minors. I know, just how many innings did that equate to? Uh, he pitched 67 innings at single A, mm -hmm. 59 at double A, and then six at triple A. So 65. 132. Yep. So I don't, okay, so you can call that like the workload Skeens had. I think that they probably want to go a little above that because they figure Skeens can handle it because he already pitched 130 last year. I think my 150 to 160 is, is pretty damn near on target, man. I really do. I think we got a, a, a brief peek behind the curtain there that he knew well enough to not give us anything on later do you think i'm being pretty reasonable here i, I do but the, the when i look at cole the more nervous i know this is a different regime now and it's also going back 10 years but it does give me a little bit of the heebie-jeebies about when we're going to see skeins this year and how many are they going to ask him to conquer double-A and triple-A before he becomes a major league pitcher? Are they going to actually ask him to beat each level I don't like it's a video game? I don't think they are. I think they see him as more advanced even than Cole was. I do. And I, I actually believe to a large extent when they talk about urgency that there's this need to win now. Um, I think that, they're, that that's going to manifest in basically using double and triple-A as more of a, like, a warm-up for him. There's not, like, things to be... He even said this. He doesn't think his stuff has any... He has anything to learn with his stuff. It's just, I throw 102 easily, and then I throw wipe-out breaking pitch. Like, what else do I really need? What do we, what do we need to talk about mm -hmm. here? And he seemed way more focused on just getting my body ready for the rigors of that because it's not like college pitching. I think they saw Gar in Garrett Cole, a guy, believe it or not, who actually needed to be polished a little bit. Of course, then the problem there is that when he went elsewhere, he started to really become polished. Well, if he's on the Strasburg plan, it's 11 starts before he gets called up. 
Was you Stras- say he's the best pitching prospect since Strasburg? That's who they compare him to. Body type's very similar. So it was 11 for Strasburg, and then he obviously made that debut against the Pirates and made 12 more starts that year. Then he did get hurt in year two. Yeah. He had had no history of arm trouble, had he? Nope. The one thing about Strasburg that I don't feel like is the same with Skeens, didn't Strasburg have, though, scouts looked at him and said that's a really weird, like not a great arm motion despite him being a big guy who should be able to have like his whole body behind it. Did, I don't remember that. I remember there being questions about whether Strasburg's arm, like the way he just delivered the baseball, if it was going to potentially lead to injury. And correct me if I'm wrong, maybe I'm, I'm blocking this out of my brain. I don't remember there being anything like that about Skeens. Like, it's basically, here is a large human being who just throws the ball incredibly hard regularly. I think he made a tweak when he went from Air Force to LSU. There were, like, a couple little mechanical tweaks that basically unlocked, like, another five or six miles an hour. But I've not seen anything where people are saying, I don't know, the delivery looks like it's taxing, like it's straining. And he just seems like, and I mean this in the nicest way, a complete pitching psycho who wants to do literally everything he can to ensure that Every pitch is almost like minimal effort, maximum gain. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevy, low of 30 degrees. Coming up next, we've got the hodgepodge, and then I'm not really sure what happens after us at 6. You'll have to listen to find out. First, a quick timeout. We'll be right back. It's the PM team. 15-minute mark is brought to you by South Hills Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and Peter, celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. It is time for the hodgepodge of nothingness. This is a hodgepodge of nothingness. This McCole Hardman playbook leak should be a much bigger story. Have you seen it? I know that he was talking trash to the Jets at first about, like, saying, come get me to the Chiefs, and then, like, some of their people clapped back, and then there was, is there tampering going on? I didn't know he leaked their playbook. Yes. Man. He went to Georgia. We know that there's a lot of Georgia guys on the Eagles. And when the Jets played the Eagles... Jets players are saying on social media that Hardman gave those Georgia guys all of their plays because he was pissed that he wasn't playing and he had been benched. So as the uh, irritated, demoted employee, he's like, screw these guys. Here are our plays. Now, the funny thing is the Jets actually ended up winning that game. They upset the Eagles that day. What if he gave the Eagles players the wrong plays? I'm actually, now that I say this out loud, I bet this happens more than we know. Guy doesn't like his situation. He's mad at his coach or he's mad at his, uh, situ- the, the, the team and what they've done to him. And so uh, he's got a buddy or a friend on another team and he's like the hell with it. I mean, don't we hear guys say all the time everyone runs basically the same plays and, like, similar concepts? Like, obviously, there are offenses that are different, but there's only so many plays and so many conceptual things you can do, and a lot of it's how do you look at at when you line up. We've heard guys say that. Yeah. Sean McVay's Rams run, like, 20 plays maybe total. Let me me look at this um, post here. If if he did this and and was leaking direct stuff to them, that's... Well, it's not even their play. It's their game plan, which I think is worse worse that's suspendable he's he's he was giving eagles players here's what we're doing specifically in the game against you it's not just like here's a photocopy of our we're attacking we're attacking this player we think you're vulnerable here and here's the place we're going to run he's denying all this of course he is yeah his agents like denied all of it yeah calling it ridiculous i think it's plausible 
it's plausible, but I, I man, if he actually did it, that's that's why I'm saying it should be a bigger story. Suspend the guy. Well, I just I wonder if they got. Do they have a smoking gun? Wouldn't you think Eagles players would have a smoking gun there? Somebody would. The text they have from him. We know these guys aren't always great about covering their tracks. Look at the players that have gotten suspended. So wait, do they have? Have they put texts out there? The Eagles players? Yeah. No, it's just the Jets players. The Jets player. What what text do they have? The Jets players haven't put out any like smoking guns or exhibit A, but they they're talking about it like it's a fact. Okay. They still won the game. Maybe they should leak game plans more often. Next. This This is a hodgepodge of nothingness. Tom Brady's a complete freak, psycho. He ran, did you see this? Mm-hmm. His very infamous 40 from his combine. He's in his, like, cotton Hanes shorts that you could buy at any, like, Dunham Sports and a baggy T-shirt. And he's just chugging, like, what, mid-fives? Something like that. Like, 5'3", five, 5'4", five, very He's a bad. better athlete now than he was in his early He years. ran a 40 at 46 years old and outdid himself. Probably not by a ton. Maybe by a tenth of a second at most. The fact that at 46, he's still taking care of himself to this degree. I think people wondered when he finally retired, was he going to let himself go and turn into like fat bastard from gold member or something like that? Wrong. I didn't because it's a brand for him. It's a lifestyle to be. So he's got a shape guy. I mean, so he's got to maintain it. Well, it's a brand. It's a lifestyle. But man, you mean he's only enjoying like a beer here and there and it's still avocado ice cream? No tomatoes. Live a little bit. What do they call them? No dark shades. Nightshades. 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 Why are those so bad? I don't even think they are. I eat tomatoes all the time. I think it's an inflammation thing, maybe. It, it, well, yeah, I think it is inflammation related, but they don't inflame my system. I kind of feel bad for him. He's locked into it now, isn't he? Yeah, not just that. I know he's getting $37 million a year from Fox to call games, even though he has no experience doing it because he's Tom Brady and he's the winningest quarterback and probably the best player in NFL history. So, again, you feel bad for him. Why? Because Giselle cheated on him with that Jiu-Jitsu teacher. Did you hear did? about this? Yeah. He came, he came out and, I guess, talked about it. He knew that he, she was cheating on him with uh, her... Brazilian jiu-jitsu teacher. Instructor, yeah. Well, they're rolling around in the gi. I mean, Very it's a, hands-on. It's a ground-based uh, martial art. Yep. Easy to understand maybe how passions would inflame in those close-quarters situations. Yep. I mean, do you blame him at all and say maybe he was too focused on football and not focused enough on Giselle? Do you also even feel bad for him seeing as he stepped out on his original girlfriend, Bridget Moynihan, with Giselle? Good point. There's Actually, a little bit of what goes around. I was going to say, I don't feel bad for him at all. Tough luck, buddy. New York well, Post. Tom Brady has accepted that Giselle had been cheating on him with her jiu-jitsu trainer, Joaquin Valenti, starting years ago. If you're Joaquin Valenti, man, you got a, what a flex for you, I guess. Yeah. Uh, also. He pulled the supermodel away from Tom Brady, the most accomplished professional athlete. You know what really sucks for Brady? Football history. The guy's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu instructor. He could kick Tom Brady's ass six ways to Sunday. Yeah, but Tom Brady could hire somebody to kick this guy's ass. If the guy's really good at Brazilian jiu-jitsu, the only people who are going to beat his ass are other Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys. Yeah. You know what, though? Like, if you're Brady, I always I feel worse for people who I think get cheated on or the relationship goes south. And it's like, eh, I know they can't do better. I know they're not going to find was, This was the pinnacle of it, yeah. top of the mountain. Yeah, Brady has – he's going to be fine. Yeah. If Is he talking- so competitive that he would find a female Brazilian jiu-jitsu instructor to woo? <laughs> Just to say, anything you can do, I can do Get better. revenge. Yeah. Or he goes with a different discipline, kung fu. I think there's the temptation to do that. Like, maybe he hooked up with one of her friends. 
That's kind of the Zach Wilson move a little bit. Mom's friend. Right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next. This is a hodgepodge of nothingness. Malsey? I have another one for you, yeah. Um, I actually think Jay- or Jason, Travis Kelsey's probably got to put a ring on it. I have a newfound appreciation for Taylor Swift. Apparently, she won over the Chiefs, like, players. You know, she finally gets introduced, like, hi, this the most famous woman on the planet is dating the tight end now. Uh-huh. This is going to be a bit of a distraction. I've heard nothing from Chiefs players, but she seemed, has been, like, completely normal. And apparently, herself, baked a bunch of, like, sweet treats for the offensive line. Just came in with a bunch of legitimately homemade baked goods for the O-line. Not by her, though. I'm calling BS I think that. she does. No way. I think she bakes. I don't believe it for a second. If she's really good at baking and she's that confident in her, in her baking, if she is a master baker, why wouldn't she bring homemade treats? I think she's paying the best baker or one of the best in the so world you to think, make them, and then she's so you think she's so shallow that even if she thinks she's pretty good at it, she would just pay someone to do it. What if she bakes to relax from her grueling tour schedule? Not buying it. I buy it, and I think it's a great move. What 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 did she make? Do we know? Apparently, it was just like a smorgasbord and like former, of what of you know like your cinnamon rolls, stuff like that, cookies. Things that offensive linemen would like. She doesn't have the time like. to do that. She's not doing that. It takes like an hour to bake cookies. She's not doing that. Man, you are a do you real know how, how, Deb Downer here. I just, I don't believe it. I think that there's too I much pressure. Believe- I think there's too much pressure, too, for her to be great at it because she's. Oh, how hard so- is it to follow the Toll House recipe, for God's sake? I can bake a great batch of cookies. I think she had, like, one of her minions do it. That's my opinion. If you actually found out definitive proof she baked it. I'd have more respect for her. I See, would. I think she did do it, and I, I give her a ton of props. Trying to curry favor, not that she needs it. She's trying right. to fit in like one of the girls. Okay, then by that logic, even just her, like even if she had somebody do it, the fact that she's trying to curry favor with the big hogs up front, I think you've got to respect her. She knows where football's won in the yeah. trenches. I know. My I, boyfriend can't catch passes unless you're blocking for the quarterback. Yeah. I just wish she would come clean and say, hey, I know this woman. She's like the best. Her name's baker. Miss. It's my good friend, Mrs. Fields. Yeah. I like that better than her pretending like she actually wow. made Wow, you are a cynic. All right. I think Jeff Capel is next, but I'm not entirely sure. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow <laughs> at 2. Uh, back in studio. Thanks, everyone, here at uh, Bowser Chevy Studio B and Charlie back in Green Tree. PM team signing off. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t